no matter what obstacles come your way, no matter what the doctors say or you may have lost someone, unfortunately, don't let it keep you down. I know it's easy said than done, but don't let it keep you down. You have something to do in this world. Do it. And remember that you'll always have some sort of trials. You'll always have some tribulations. That's life. Life is full of trials and tribulations. That's what I would tell individuals. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. I am Barcy, your host. And something I've been thinking about often lately is the power of confidence and how that changes things when it comes to how we are experiencing our lives. And I'm purposely not saying that it changes how we achieve things in our lives because my guest today shares that he struggled with his confidence, but on paper, he has achieved many things like receiving a full scholarship for a BA in finance at the age of 16 and building two thriving companies, an accounting firm and a property management company. But something was missing. So our guest today is Drexel Seymour, and he is the author of an internationally best-selling book called Rise Up and Take Your Position, as well as the host of a YouTube channel and a weekly radio show called Financially Speaking. He shares that he is a man on a mission to inspire, encourage, and influence others to overcome setbacks and systemic injustice and to find their purpose in life. I super relate to a lot of that. So I'm so excited to bring Mr. Seymour on. Welcome, Drexwell. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you very much, Basti. I find it an honor to be a guest on your show. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for reaching out. I definitely resonated with some of the things that were shared about your story. And so I'm excited to have you share that with us about kind of your journey and your background. So do you mind if we start there? I'd love to know about what it was like growing up for you. Okay, sure. I'd be happy to do that. So I grew up in the Turks and Caicos Islands, where I still live. Of course, if you read my book and most of my life, I suffered from, you know, inferiority complex. And because of that, I end up, you know, experiencing low self-esteem. I end up not having any confidence in my life. I end up keeping to myself because I felt inferior to people. And one of the reasons I felt inferior is because, you know, growing up, I would call names, particularly I'm very dark, very black, even like in a predominantly black society. And so mm -hmm. all of that drove me to inferiority complex. And so I lived my life even as an adult 
thinking little of myself. But thankfully, I'm now better. It took me a while, but thankfully, I've overcome it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I think well, you said a few interesting things there. You mentioned that you grew up in a primarily Black community, right? Yes. So can you talk to us a little bit about or help us define what colorism is? I think a lot of people are missing that sort of nuance that happens within cultures. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how that works and why that happens? Sure, not at all. I'm not sure why it happens, but I know it happens. Within the Black community, there are different shades. Some of us are dark-skinned and some of us are light-skinned. And normally, the dark-skinned people are discriminated against. Mm. It is very normal because the light-skinned people, they tend to get more attention. They tend to get more favors. And so you find a lot of people in the Black community especially in the Caribbean, I cannot speak for America, you find a lot of them are start bleaching their skin because of the stigma associated being very dark. They bleach their skin so they can become light-skinned, which is very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure within the race on the color of your skin. You can look very beautiful, but if you're dark, you may even be considered ugly. However, I do think things are getting better, but it was really, really bad growing up, and to a certain extent, it still exists. And not just here in Turks and Caicos, but throughout the world, there is colorism within the black race, where if you're dark skin, you are considered less important than if you're light skin. Well, thank you for sharing that for those of us who might be new to that information. And mm-hmm. I'll share that that's prevalent in many cultures as well. And there's nuances too to each one within the communities that are experiencing these different levels of sort of prejudices ultimately is what it becomes. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that part of the story. I think it's important Thank for you. many reasons. And I see that through your story, you kind of carried those first sort of negative voices with you for a while, but you still did a lot of amazing things for yourself in your life. How were you able to kind of move through that and still focus on things that were important to you? It became a norm for me being discriminated against, but I felt that I needed to find a way to be accepted by society because I want to be accepted by society. So I figured that if I'm able to do well in school, I'll be able to be accepted by society. And eventually it paid off because I ended up getting a scholarship to go to the school in Ohio. And so I was able to just study, even though deep inside I was suffering. But externally, I would be smiling and everybody that sees me, but I was suffering inside. And so I covered up by studying and hoping to do the best I can in school, and which paid off. But I was very unhappy, though. I understand what you're saying. And yeah, again, thank you for sharing that. I relate to this idea of doing things in hopes, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in experiences I've had that I'm relating to is, you know, doing things in hopes that ultimately you're going to please somebody so that they're going to give you more opportunities maybe, or just to fit in or just to feel accepted like you shared. And I think a lot of us experience that on some level. And different variations of that. So to me, that's very relatable just as a part of your story. But I think a lot of us don't recognize maybe that that's what's going on, especially as we get older and realize that there's a change that we want to shift into or even how to shift into something different. So how did that come to fruition for you? What was that like to just kind of figure out what needs to change or that something needs to change? Right. I mean, that's a good point, Ju. A lot of us don't realize it. Even people that I believe sometimes they discriminate against you. I don't think they even realize what they're doing because it's sort of something that they're being trained in their culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just became a habit. So this has been going on in my life for 
at least 40 years, even though I got my degree, I was the CEO of a local telephone company. I was so bothered by what people say about me. I was so conscious of how I look. I felt I was a mistake in life that I shouldn't have exist. And then, as always, the greatest factor to overcoming this was the support of my wife. We got married. Of course, she didn't know what I was going through, but eventually she found out. And because of the support from her, and my wife is a beautiful lady, externally and internally. Mm. And I say, wow, well, she loves me. She's a beautiful lady, whatever. And then she kept encouraging me, telling me it doesn't matter who people say I am. I am who I am and all those different things. And then that was the factor that allowed me to overcome with the encouragement from my wife, Joanna. It really played a very important factor in my life. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It's the power of the mind to like the influence of it is how we speak to each other and then how we speak to ourselves, right? Like having someone hold you at that level of love and care and just showering you with positive things to say and to note and to acknowledge about yourself. That went such a long way, it sounds like. It did. So it was sort of reverse because, you know, growing up, negative words were spoken over my life. I was very negative. I thought about myself as negative. I thought about other people as negative. But then when like, my wife started speaking positive things in my life, it changed. And so that's why, like you say, the mindset, the power of words is so important. It's so effective. You know, it could kill you or it could, or it could uplift you. Yeah. Did you start to connect with something where powerful inside yourself like did you start to recognize like parts of yourself that maybe you didn't before through that process i did of course i became a christian so i had this relationship with god and then what i started to do i started doing a a Mm self-reflection and rather than focusing on how i look or trying to be like somebody else or i started to focus on the things that i have achieved or the things i have and so all that came from within my relationship with god That really was another driving factor as well, focusing on those things that I have and have achieved, not worrying about what I don't have or how I look. That's huge, right? Like there's so much gratitude in that when we can shift into that kind of work and that relationship with, you know, spirituality, whatever that means to each person. It's a little different for everyone, but I feel like that really helps us connect with ourselves. Do you feel like that was part of it for you? It was a big factor, boss. It was a very, very big factor. It was a significant part of my roadmap, my journey. So it is for me too, in my own way. I mean, it's not Christianity for me, but I'm extremely spiritual mm-hmm. and it's a huge factor for my inner work. My perspective on life has shifted a bunch too when I leaned into that more. But I'm wondering, like, for those of us who maybe are new to that or haven't experienced that yet, this is maybe just a curious question. Do you feel like that's necessary to find purpose? Oh, I think it's important to find your purpose because otherwise, you know, you're going to have a lot of doubts in your mind. You're going to be thinking, what's the point? You know, why am I here? You're going to end up having all sorts of thoughts. But if you are able to find your purpose and you know that's your purpose, you'll wake up every morning, I mean, being excited about doing what you were called to do. But if you know what your purpose is, you're going to be in a world with so many unanswered questions. And so I think it's important for people to find their purpose. And with that said, I believe that everybody has a purpose. Nobody's a mistake. There's no coincidence. You are in this world for a reason. You just need to find what it is. When you find what it is, it leads to a root of satisfaction and happiness. I totally agree. I want to talk a lot yeah. about purpose, actually. Thank you for bringing oh, okay. it up that way. I feel like it's everything, too. Oh, yeah. I'm curious, do you think your spirituality is necessary to find purpose? Or do you feel like maybe for those that haven't found it yet, it's still possible to find purpose? 
I think you could still find it, whether you have it in the spiritual element or not. But it helped me. It definitely mm-hmm. helped me. And because of my belief in God and knowing that he created me, it has more confirmed to me that I have a purpose because there are so many distractions mm-hmm. and all the negativity. People will make you feel that you don't have any purpose. You make you feel that you're not important because of my relationship with the Lord and reading the word of God, where he tells me that I'm important, that nobody is better than you. You're equal. That in itself reassures me that I have a purpose and that he has plans to prosper us. He has plans for us to progress. And so that has helped me. I cannot say it will help everybody. Everybody has their own beliefs, but it suddenly helped me. Yeah. And I think it's a foundation. I believe it will help everybody. I believe it will. But some people have their own beliefs and opinions. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we talk about spirituality a lot on the show, but through the lens of things like this, like purpose and shifting and relationship and inner journeys and things like that. So I was just curious how it connects for you and what you Mm -hmm. thought about that. And I think it helps with an inner journey because it helps us connect Mm -hmm. to ourselves, but that can be defined so many different ways. With that said, I'm curious, like your wife's shifted a lot for you with speaking just totally differently than other people have the majority of your life. You started a self-reflection process. You started observing and a spiritual practice How did purpose come out of that for you? Like, where did you start to get the answers for you? So after I started doing my self-reflection, right, I started to build confidence in myself. And so what I started doing, because of the confidence level, I started writing. Mm. And when I realized the impact that my writing had on people, you know, I was able to educate people and influence people. That's when I discovered my purpose, because I thought my purpose was being an accountant. It's my Mm. talent. It's my career, but it's not my purpose. And so after I started having that confidence that writing, then I discovered my purpose through my writing. Wow. Was it a blog? Was it, where were people consuming what you were writing? It was a blog. I shared on Facebook. And then eventually I developed my own website where I put all the articles on, but I still share them on Facebook. Oh, cool. I think sometimes it's nice if someone's resonating with your sharing, if they know like how to get started. Yeah. So having a blog and then somewhere like Facebook, that's great. Yes, it helps. I love writing too. So that that makes sense to me as well. (laughs) Yes. I mean, this feels like this, you know, like podcasting feels like writing in a lot of ways because I get to, you know, talk with someone like you that feels aligned Mm -hmm. with the things that I feel are part of my purpose. So it's kind of connected. Yeah. So what were you writing about? Do you mind talking about that? I think my first article... I wrote about, if I can remember, there was a lot of controversy on, I think, a health issue. And there was a lot of misinformation in the public about it. And I used to be the chairman of the National Health Board. With my information, I was able to document it and explain it to people. I think that was my first article. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really important. And so wait, you were the CEO of the health board as well? The chairman. I was the chairman of the the board. Mm -hmm. Wow. You've done everything, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) You think so? (laughs) Those are cool positions to have. It's very interesting. It's not the common thing that someone comes on and was the chairman of the health board. That's kind of an important position, right? It is. Especially with everything we all just experienced with health. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so interesting. And then, so that one was very practical, it seems. Mm -hmm. How did you start to lean into things? I'm kind of assuming now, but I'm guessing you may have leaned into something that was more about, I guess this was partially about your journey too, but how did that evolve into discovering kind of like your purpose linked to your passion that came out of the writing process? 
so this is what I believe my purpose is. I believe that my purpose is to influence, to inspire, and to encourage people. And so out of my writing, I was able to influence people, encourage them, inspire them. And so what I've been doing, I write two articles a week. I write a community article just to educate the public what's happening in the community. And then I write an inspirational article just to encourage people and lift them up. And then I do a YouTube channel every Friday, inspirational stories. Like I would have people on the show talking about what they went through and how they were able to overcome it. I've been doing this now for the past five years, I think. And so that's how mm-hmm. I've been able to match my passion with my purpose. It just started with that one writing blog. Because I didn't like writing. I hated writing in, in elementary and secondary school and college. I avoided writing classes. Because again, I had no confidence. So mm-hmm. I thought I could think at all. I thought I could do these things. And then you tried it and realized, hey, I can do this. And people like it. Yeah, I say, wow, I have a hidden talent that I, you know, that I didn't know I had. Yeah, that really speaks to the confidence part that we brought up earlier, too, is having the confidence to try something that maybe we've already formed ideas about in our heads that are not for us, you know, Mm -hmm. and then allowing whatever happens to happen just to kind of learn from trying, from trying the things. I think that's really powerful and can be overlooked just taking one step towards something and exploring it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you writing about nowadays on your blog? And you mentioned inspiration and community. So are we still focusing on the health community or how are we influencing and inspiring? Oh, no, I write a variety of articles. Sometimes I'm a CPA, so I sometimes write on financial matters. Mm-hmm. But today I wrote about employees, encouraging them to rotate on the job and just stay in that one department to ask their bosses, to allow them to work in other departments so they can become diversified. Even for the companies, it'll help them as well because sometimes you have one person just knowing everything. If they get sick, the organization becomes like a handicap. And so that was my encouragement today is to rotate so you can become diversified and and you don't have to be dependent on one area. And you may end up liking something else that you thought you liked, but because you work in a different department, now you have more experience. You can even apply for another job, you could apply for whom, you know, you might get promoted because you have the different areas. So that's what I wrote about today. Ah, thank you for explaining that. Yeah. So it's almost like you married your, I think you called it your talent, like for finances and the area that you work in, which you still work in, it seems like, right? Yes, I still like do. CPA. Mm-hmm. And then kind of finding a way to connect your purpose to what you do. I think that's an important detail to your story. Yes, I never thought about it like that, but you're right. Yes. Yeah, I think sometimes we, when we're in the stage of searching, like what is my purpose or what is, you know, all of that. I think sometimes we think we need to change everything in our lives and shift into who knows what, right? (laughs) I come across that. I don't know if you do in the work you do as well with people, but I have to admit I've thought that too at times. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing or, you know, whatever. Maybe it's not as connected to my purpose as it could Mm -hmm. be, or maybe it needs to be something else. So it's kind of refreshing. You are still you. You're still great at the things that you do. And you found a way to make it feel fulfilling to you. Yes. And to others. Yes. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So how do you help people find their purpose? You mentioned that you help people do that. I do. I share about my story to people. But one thing I tell people not to rule out the thing you don't like. Because sometimes there might be some things that you do not like. And you might say, well, that's not my purpose. I think you should try everything. Don't rule it out. And then the next thing, if I think what I tell people, if you are so excited about something and you go to bed thinking about something and you wake up thinking about something, you just can't get this off your mind and you, and you get so excited when you talk about something, that is a indication that you're on the road to discovering your purpose. 
that's the way I encourage people and train people how to find their purpose. So feeling and like trusting your feelings, trusting yeah. those excited, joyful moments, right? And then you have ideas. I don't believe ideas come to you coincidentally. I believe they're there for a reason. I believe they're part of finding your purpose. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Do you offer a next step for them? So awareness is huge, right? Recognizing the difference between that feeling versus an idea that maybe isn't the right idea. Maybe we're fixated on something or, you know, we have to understand the difference. And then from there, what's a good first step for someone? The first thing I would recommend to people is to do a lot of research in the area that you feel that you were called to do. And then once you're able to do that research, then you put a plan in place, you develop your goals, put a plan in place, and you start. You don't have to have a lot of money to start with whatever you have. Everything is boils down to starting something. I mean, we could dream all day and for many years. If you don't do something with it, then you're wasting your time. So I encourage people to take action. But before you take action, make sure you understand what it is you're getting into. The internet is so available, accessible. You can get anything off the internet. You don't have to go to college. You can just download stuff and study about that area. And then whatever you study, apply it and then run with it. Take the risk and pursue that thing that you believe that you were called to do. But you have to start somewhere. 100%. I'm all about that. The show is called Be Bold Begin. That's why. It's about that oh, moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's about that moment of taking yeah. the little risk, even the smallest step you can. Whatever you can do, it's important to start. You had a really interesting question suggestion, and I want to talk about it. It piqued my interest, so I'm going to switch gears just for a moment. But the question was, why do people work so hard to defend the things that make them unhappy? Can you share with me your experience with that perspective, like why people do that and what you've noticed? Well, first of all, I believe that people have to believe in whatever they feel that they were doing or are doing. And the thing is, there are so many different theories, there are so many different avenues, there are so many different philosophies that will make you feel that what you're doing or what you're saying is inaccurate. You have to work hard to defend whatever you believe in. Otherwise, you're going to be like, you know, wishy-washy. You have to be confident in what it is. Now, of course, people make mistakes. You may have to go back to the drawing board. If you are 100% sure of what you're doing and what you're saying, then you need to work hard. Otherwise, you're going to lose credibility. You're going to end up being just among the rest of the people who just still worrying and not doing anything about it. And so you have to defend it. Okay. So why do people defend things that make them unhappy? <laughs> okay. That's a tough <laughs> question. I mean, I don't know why people defend things that make them unhappy. That's a tough one because I think if you are unhappy, I don't think you need to go around defending things. I think your focus should be on being happy. Sure. If you're unhappy, you need to find a way to be happy. Because if you spend your time defending being unhappy, then you may remain unhappy because you may not be leaving the things that make you unhappy. And so I think our focus should be on moving from unhappiness to happiness. So I don't think anyone should spend time defending anything that makes them unhappy. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I think oftentimes people have a hard time letting go of a belief system or something that they have tied their worth to. And if they are wrong about that, even if it's making them unhappy, it's just a whole letting go of everything they thought was true, if that makes sense. Like I've seen that happen. I understand. And I think it can be threatening to kind of realize that maybe our happiness is having to let go of the things that we think are giving us worth. 
Yeah, I understand you're saying. But the thing is, at some point, we have to let go. Otherwise, you're going to delay your destination. I mean, of course, nobody knows their destination, but they have an idea where they want to go. But if you keep hanging on to these things, those things hanging on may end up being those maybe obstacles that's preventing you from getting to your destination. So you need to get rid of the obstacles. Of course, you have to identify them as obstacles, but we have to get rid of it if you really want to be happy and, and you want to achieve that purpose that you believe that you were called to do. It's really well said. And I think that comes back to, yeah, to what we were saying about focusing on how you want to feel and how you want to experience life, which is what happiness is, right? That's how we want to feel and experience Mm -hmm. our lives Mm -hmm. versus, you know, focusing so much on what we do. And I mean, doing is of course important. Action is important. I don't mean doing is action. It's not necessarily the same thing, but focusing on the things that are external from ourselves even if we're mm-hmm. doing those external things. Yeah, I think that's an important delineation to make when we yeah. talk about things like this. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So is there anything that you feel like we need to dig into around purpose that you haven't shared yet that was an important part of your process or how you work with others that you want to make sure we understand as listeners? Yeah, what I would say to anyone is not to become distracted. And for me, I am going through a personal issue right now. I've been on dialysis now for six years. So I have to go to the hospital, you know, three days a week for four hours, hook up to a machine, getting stick with two needles. Despite the fact that I am going through this, I have not allowed that to interfere with my purpose. People get a medical report or any other negative report or sadness or situations in their lives. And they allow that to define them and they allow that to put a stop in their journey. Mm-hmm. But don't let it stop. I mean... It's been six years now. I've been on that. A lot of people don't even know that I am. I don't even act like I am. I don't know how that is. But I do not let that stop me. Of course, I don't want to be on dialysis. But even when I'm on dialysis, I'm writing. I'm doing work. So that's what I want to encourage people. No matter what obstacles come your way, no matter what the doctors say, or you may have lost someone, unfortunately, don't let it keep you down. I know it's easy said than done, but don't let it keep you down. You have something to do in this world. Do it. And remember that you'll always have some sort of trials. You'll always have some tribulations. That's life. Life is full of trials and tribulations. That's what I would tell individuals. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that part of your life with us too. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. That's perfect because I had a question around that so that you answered it for (laughs) me without me needing to ask. I love that. Can you tell me what you're working on now and how we can connect with you? Well, I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Rise Up and Take Your Position. So what I'm working on now, I'm working on my second book. I hope I could release it this year. The whole idea is that, okay, I encourage people to get up, rise up and take their position. So now that you're in that position, you need to succeed. And so the second book is, I mean, how to succeed in your position. Basically, Mm. that's the focus will be. Because you could get there, but you got to also now try to stay there and succeed in it. Love that. So two questions. Tell us a little about what the first book is about so people can go get it and read it. Sure. So the first book is a motivational book. As as I mentioned, it's called Rise Up and Take Your Position. It's basically to encourage people to get up from where they are. Because a lot of people are just waiting. They're either waiting for someone to help them or waiting for the right moment or they're waiting for that money that they're hoping they can make before they make that move. The book is to encourage people to find their purpose, cultivate it, and then rise up and get in their position that they were called to do. Because mm. everybody has a position. Everybody has a role to play in this world. You need to rise up and play that role. 
And most of the rules we're in right now is not the rule that we're supposed to be in. We have not found our true calling is yet. And so that's what the book is about. That's really beautiful. There's a lot of acceptance in that, like accepting who we really are in our power and embracing yes. that. That's lovely. Thank you for writing that book. I might have to check that out for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon. <laughs> Great. We'll put a link in the show notes for it to make it easy yeah. for people to click on. And then thank you. I love asking this question because I love talking about success. How would you define success? Wow. Okay. So success to me is an individual thing. Success to me may not be the same as you. I believe that everybody should set goals for themselves. And I believe success is when you achieve those goals. Some people might think it's money. It doesn't have to be money. Whatever your goals are, you achieve them, then you have succeeded. That's what I believe success is. That's lovely. I like that. Yeah, I would agree. One thing I will add is that I think it ties into what we talked about too, about how things feel is a lot of people achieve the goals, but then they still don't make space to feel the success. So I'm just oh, going to yes. add that to what you just yes, shared. I like say, that. You yeah. know, make sure we have room to experience and be present when we make those achievements and measuring only ourselves against ourselves. Right. I think that's what you shared. And I would yeah. agree with that. That's a good one. Actually. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Is it the best way to find you through your writing or how can we connect with you and read your blog? Or I have a website, which is my name, www.drexwellsema.com. And, and of course, I can be found on YouTube. Just type in my name. Those are the two main things. You, you, and of course, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook with my name and you can find me there. Wonderful. Well, again, we'll put those links in for those who are watching and listening and they can get more of your wonderful, inspiring, uplifting and informational content that you're putting out there, especially for us who like business because, you know, a lot of us are entrepreneurs who are watching and listening yes. to you. So it's wonderful. Thank you so much, Drexel, for joining me. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. Thank you for listening to Beeble Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of Beeble Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.